0: You said I this for record, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. So, I never thought I would actually say this, but I think I'm team Kanye.
0: I, so I don't think, it's kind of like the election for me. I'm not, like, exactly pro-Kanye. I'm just staunchly anti-Taylor. Um, I'm sure she's like a perfectly nice woman I just, I've always been very suspicious of her dating back to her trashing ex boyfriends via song and making it very obvious who she's talking about. And up to now, where it's girl power, female empowerment, support one another, let's be positive, while also having an entire world tour on the foundation of a song that's very obviously trashing an individual woman for a very low level. Quote unquote offense. I don't actually
1: know what you're talking about.
0: Bad Blood was written about Katy Perry. Oh, yeah? And it's, a, it's after, of all things, apparently Katy Perry hired one of Taylor Swift's dancers while Taylor's tour was on break. And Taylor thought that was such a huge offense that she wrote Bad Blood and like had like this whole market that, that was driven behind Oh, isn't Katy Perry the worst? And it's just it was the most senseless thing. She's a very... I've never I'm never offended when someone is like when an artist is very manufactured because that's like the nature of the game. Yeah. But she I feel like she's so overly produced that it really becomes offensive.
1: Oh yeah, there's this great article in Vulture about how now that people are aware that Taylor Swift is just not as innocent as she claims to be and that the innocent thing is kind of played out for her. Mm-hmm. What's next for her? We'll have to link to that. It's by uh, Frank Guan in, on Vulture.com and. I am i don't know if it's that I'm studying for the bar and therefore I have reduced my television consumption <laughs> to what normal people would probably think is fine. Like I'm only watching maybe two shows in an entire week, which is mm-hmm. so like two hours of television yeah. total in a week, which for normal people are like, okay, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That is... An almost
0: 100% reduction <laughs> yeah, in the amount on like, a, on like a TV starvation diet
1: right now 100% <laughs> but I have so first I was enthralled with Hiddleswift and I am completely enthralled with Swift. I think it is totally fake mm-hmm. I, the BuzzFeed journalism that has been going on about this is great top-notch I she is staging something I want to think better of Tom Hiddleston, but I don't anymore. (laughs) And I, but I I put most of the blame on this on her. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by whatever sort of celebrity machinations are going on. Mm -hmm. And I normally completely avoid that kind of stuff, but I'm fascinated by that. And then now even more so by the Kanye Kim video thing for Famous. I haven't even listened to
0: Famous. If someone told me that the whole like Kanye Kim... Taylor Tom thing.
1: Calvin Harris, Katy Perry. If someone
0: came in and said, "If they whispered in my ear, like I'm from the future, this is just like um, Joaquin Phoenix's. Um, what was it? I'm still here. Oh, yeah. I believe it. I would absolutely believe it because it just seems like too surreal to be true."
1: Yeah. So a lot of the footage of Taylor Swift, people, it was like one paparazzi agency, which leads people to believe that they she might have hired them. Mm-hmm. She was really good about hiding her personal life when she was with Calvin Harris. And mm-hmm. she's been bad to the point of this doesn't really make sense about hiding on the her.
0: beach with Tom Hiddleston oh, wearing yeah. an iHeart T. Swift shirt. And it's just like, what?
1: And she's worn a lot of outfits that are very like vintage Taylor. So th- one of the theories is that she's recreating moments from previous relationships for some sort of lemonade type video. God.
0: Taylor Swift, if that's your plan, you will never ever be Beyonce. Yeah. You, have, you don't have a sliver of her performance ability, not to mention talent. Don't do it.
1: Someone also pointed out that she just doesn't have the air of mystery that Beyonce does. Taylor Swift has let us into too much of her life mm-hmm. before that we're not clamoring for the little bits of... Yeah her personal life that she gives us the way we are with Beyonce
0: well I think Taylor's art has always been so personal yeah that like people felt like they were really getting to know her through her songs Just Beyonce was just like your kind of standard you know pop R&B artist she was like just making good music yeah and like her last couple projects have been very personal but I think like we're only now getting that from her so it's like she's been closed off and she's kind of presented herself like I'm this is me as Beyonce the artist we haven't really seen a lot of Beyonce you know the, the you know businesswoman, the mother, wife, whatever whatever and now we're seeing that. And the
1: hurt. I think that's one of the really interesting things is that what we're seeing in a lot of this Taylor Swift stuff is the pain of or real or not from Kanye West which there's apparently an issue about whether or not you need one party or two party consent to record phone calls. Apparently
0: if Kanye was in New York and he made the call he's fine. If he was in California, if if either of them were not in California, they're fine. But if one both of them are in California, they are absolutely screwed. Because California is a two party consent state.
1: Is that to use something in evidence or is that just in general?
0: No, like so in California, if if you if you don't get two party consent, like like consent on both sides of the call to have the call recorded, the person who recorded the call committed a crime.
1: Interesting, so it's not just like an evidentiary violation. No, oh, they'd probably be like, hearsay anyways. It's,
0: it's something that like you could enforce civilly against someone that recorded you. I'm not sure if there's actual like criminal liability, but there's at least civil
1: liability. Fascinating. Anywho, we were talking before about how the line between somebody like Taylor and somebody like Kanye and what is their art and mm-hmm. what is their life is so blurred. And this whole experience right now has completely eaten into that for Mm. me. Uh, There was also, I was watching a bar video the other day and they said that consent is a complete defense against a defamation action. Mm. And then, of course, instead of thinking of normal things in my mind, I was like, there you go, Taylor. You can't sue Kanye for defamation anymore. The
0: idea of where does an artist's, Art, like, where does, where does their where does where, where does where do they doing their where does them doing their job end and then living their lives begin is super relevant because we're talking about like artists from even like the 90s and like they're not like the 90s, like your insanes or whatever. We thought we were seeing their personal lives, we were actually just seeing PR for them.
1: Yeah, now
0: there's a camera at, there's, at every point in time, you're surrounded by thousands of cameras because everybody has a phone, has a camera paparazzi are out like the way that things like someone takes a picture in New York it can be in Beijing in literally two seconds yeah and that didn't used to be the case and so now whereas before Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears we see them out in their public appearances maybe like a glimpse of them at a dinner but we don't really know what's going on with them now with Taylor Swift every like you could reconstruct her day based on on the photos and tweets and Instagram postings about sightings of her.
1: So, as true as that is, though, that they are exposed that much, there is a way to control it. And I think there are so many celebrities that do a good job of controlling it, although uh, there's a whole lot of different things coming into this. I mean, Jennifer Aniston wrote recently about not wanting paparazzi to speculate about whether or not she's pregnant and how overwhelming that feels. Leslie Jones just quit Twitter yesterday because of really horrible racist sub-tweets and things like that that were coming at her. And so there is an element to which it's not controllable, but a lot of celebrities, especially ones with the kind of money that Taylor Swift has, are capable of maintaining privacy if they want. Mm -hmm. And so, with Taylor Swift, I think there's an element of she is a master media manipulator who is attempting something and I think failing at the moment. But she's smart, she's too smart for there to be no sort of overall scheme behind what she's doing, or at least some of it had a purpose.
0: I think I disagree with the idea that like big stars can actually control. How much of their lives is out there because if you want to be a big star, what what the what America expects of you now is that you let them into your personal life.
1: Totally. Like
0: you can you no one could become Beyoncé today without letting people into their personal life. Because you have if you're gonna build a large Twitter following, Instagram following, if you're gonna permeate through the different the way different ways people consume media, your professional accomplishments your professional product isn't enough to get you that kind of like massive start. You need to have people, you need to have other things going on that draw people's eye to what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I think we're going to need to come back to this as we definitely, know more, definitely. and there's a lot more to, to build in on this, but we wanted to keep this episode short. So by the way, hi listeners. Welcome, welcome to yeah, episode welcome. 19 of... Pop Culture Verdict. I'm Melanie. I'm here with my co-host, Alan. Yay! Um, We are super excited. This is probably... We're going to have new content for you guys in the next week or so, but not new recorded content, at least by me. Previously Uh,
0: unreleased footage.
1: Yeah, I am (laughs) in the middle of this little thing that we might have talked to you about called the bar examination, and that's going to happen. And so my life is insane, which is also why I haven't watched Mr. Robot yet or tons of other things that we would normally be talking about right now. New studio, though. Yeah, we are in in a... We're loving the new studio. But studio only in one sense of the word. (laughs) Um, So the other thing we wanted to do a quick sort of a a touchback on Mm -hmm. was Alan saw Hamilton again. Yes. And... We'll, I'm sure, talk more about the cultural impact of Hamilton and what it's done for Broadway, what it's done for musical theater, what it's done for hip-hop, what it's done for race issues. But I want to talk to you about one issue in particular, because when you saw it again, you got to see the incredible Javier Munoz. And what did you think of Javier Munoz?
0: I think... First off, nothing but love, honor, and respect to Lin-Manuel Miranda. Javier,
1: as a performer, we, as we, we've a, are, we've already discussed yeah. how much we adore him and think he's like yes. incredible at in everything else. Javier
0: Muñoz is, in my opinion, a vastly superior Hamilton, and I think one thing I said to you was I don't think that the rapping comes as natural to him as it does Lin-Manuel, but his ability to perform the character. And to emote and to, like, have those little moments, like, even though he doesn't say anything on stage or, like, he sends someone a look or something like that, I think it is so much better. The only thing I regret is that I didn't get to see Munoz perform with the old cast. Yeah. Um, like, if, if uh, Leslie Oden Jr. had been there, I would have, the bird that they had replacing him did like, a perfectly adequate job. I don't think he was... Ex-
1: temporary bird, by the way. Yeah, not temporary. the new one.
0: He, he, I don't think he's as capable a singer as, as Leslie Odom Jr., but like, you know, who can be? Seriously. But I would have loved to see the two of them interact on stage, because I, I think there's merit to Lin-Manuel performing as long as he did as a creator, originator, like, as the complete force behind the project. But I think Javier Munoz is so, so good. Um... I'm surprised. Like, I think that if he had been nominated for the Best Actor in the Musical award, he could have given Leslie Odom Jr. a run for his money.
1: It's really interesting. I mm-hmm. this is the second time Javier Muñoz has taken over for Lin in a role, and I love that they have that relationship. But I would love to see even Lin write a vehicle for Javier mm-hmm. Muñoz and not just have him be his yeah. takeover person because mm-hmm. he's that talented. He actually had a cancer scare. This year, he has spoken a lot about being HIV positive, and I think his life experiences really show in the character's maturity. Mm-hmm. And I said this before, I think Lynn really brings, and yes, one we are totally on first name basis <laughs> with these people. Um, we're not at all, by the way. But the Lynn really brings the youthful vibrancy mm-hmm. that you get in the first act, and I think Javier Munoz does that as well. But I think what he brings that Lynn just didn't communicate as well was the the elder statesman mm-hmm. in a way that I found so powerful.
0: I also want to shout out um, Andrew Chappelle. He's so good. He's, I've seen him play two different roles. So the first time I saw him, he was playing um, Mulligan and Madison. The second time, oh, you've never seen was, Oak. He was playing. He was replacing. He was playing Lafayette and Jefferson. Both times, he did an incredible job. And what impresses me most is that he is the understudy for every male role that's on Hamilton and Washington.
1: He's and, an understudy for Burr?
0: Oh, sorry. Hamilton, Washington, Burr. Like, okay. the other, the other, I guess, four dudes, he's the yeah. understudy. And he, actually, now he is an understudy for Burr. Think I was reading, like, my little insert. He's, like, the third string Burr or something like that. He's, like, the super double hyper-secret <laughs> emergency Burr. Um,
1: so, DeVee Diggs future husband, um, love, but we would like to start officially right now, the pop culture verdict petition mm-hmm. to make Andrew Chappelle, the permanent Broadway yes. Lafayette and Jefferson. Yes.
0: He's, he's so good. And like, I love, he, he can't Divi Diggs like is the originator of that role and does it so perfectly. Yeah. He can't be that. But when I saw him, I see, having seen him play two different roles, when I saw him play, particularly Jefferson, I was like, "Yeah, that's right, like that, that's Totally. It. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Then the guy that played Hercules Mulligan, I, mean, I, I forgot his name, but I played her, Mulligan Madison. He was also very good. And the first time I, I, I had the idea of the character from seeing the originator, like a like a larger black guy. Then I saw Andrew Chappelle do it, like another kind of tall whatever guy. Then like the guy that was playing him the other night. Um, was like a, like a shorter, much more slight, uh, younger black guy, and I thought even he did, like a, like a, like he's a better Madison than Chappelle was. Yeah. But Chappelle is like, if you're gonna replace David Diggs. It needs to be under Chappelle. Yeah, like he's the one. Like I don't know. They haven't announced anyone to come into that role yet, and I'm hoping they don't. Well
1: I hope they just announce that. Yeah, announce him,
0: like exactly.
1: Yeah. I I saw Jonathan Groff in a different thing, which I'll talk about when we get to our final verdicts later. But I just the talent, the deep bench in that original cast is so good. Mm So I think it's time for us to move on to our main segment. Trust me, you'll get more Hamilton from us. Um, I don't think we're going to suffer for lack of Hamilton. (laughs) No, you will not. Especially since I'm seeing it again in September.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm, going to see it when it comes to, uh,
1: to DC, to DC. Yeah.
0: Although like they're trying to play it like, Oh, like there's be impossible to get tickets unless you could buy a season pass for this season. So that next season you'll get preference for the season pass. I'm like, you know, I'll just get on the secondary market. Like I don't
1: give. Yeah. The secondary market is starting to go down and. We'll talk more about that, too, because all that stuff is interesting. So our main segment for y'all today is on the thing, one of the things that I love the most in this world, which is award shows and television. And we got the nominations for the premier TV award show, which is the Emmy Awards. Awards. Yeah. So... Um, do you want me to start with a high-level review? Alan is noteless today, which yeah. is why I'm I'm going
0: just straight off the dome, hot take style.
1: So a couple of high-level things. So we, you know, Breaking Bad is over. Mad Men is over. And so that opened up a lot of space in the drama categories, and the reign of certain things actually kind of ended in the comedy categories. So just high-level. Uh, best Drama Series nominees, The Americans, which, oh my god, The Americans finally broke through. Yeah,
0: The Americans has been one of the best shows on television for a, for years now.
1: What, five, six seasons, something uh, like that? I
0: think, actually, I think this, this is either season four, or season five, but it's been one of the best shows on television for most of its run, and seeing it finally get the recognition it deserves, I know it suffered from, like, kind of low ratings, its first season and second season, um, but they've not only, like, turned it around, they've, like, they, like, launched off into, like, the Stratosphere. Yeah. It, it keeps getting better. They got renewed for two more seasons, which actually, like, upset me, because, like, I'd rather be not renewed for two more seasons, like, have the potential where I'm just thinking, like, maybe I'll get, like, four or five more seasons of this. Is it
1: only two more seasons, only for two sure? two more
0: seasons, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's upsetting. I love the Americans. It's so good. But, but, I, but I want them to tell the story they want to tell and yeah, be done with it'll it.
0: It'll make a very reasonable box set. So, like, you know, like <laughs> a, quick, a quick seven. Wasn't the West Wing seven?
1: Yes, but we pretend that not all of them were there.
0: <laughs>
1: Game of Thrones, again, Game of Thrones dumb oh, so with the Americans you also got a best actress and nomination for Carrie Russell, mm-hmm. and best actor nomination for her baby daddy Matthew Reese, mm-hmm. uh, a best guest actress nomination Isn't that for Margaret. Yeah, it's her, yeah it's her actual baby like, daddy. Are they yeah. married yet? No. Not that they
0: need to be. I'm just
1: cohabitating. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know why, but I just love it when people who are like have like long-standing professional relationships, like in in the acting realm, like get married and like have babies.
1: Yeah. I um, agree.
0: Yeah, Brad Pitt, and Angelina Jolie, still like my number one Hollywood couple.
1: I actually really love Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux. I think that's a <laughs> great couple. But that's also a
0: great couple. Justin Theroux, like he he's he was like under the radar for so long, so many different things. Like I think biggest, he
1: wrote like, Iron Man too. His biggest
0: role for a while was like, oh, he played the bad guy in um, Charlie's Angels. Yeah, and like he deserves so much better than that.
1: He also... Did he write... I think he wrote Tropic Thunder.
0: No, he did. He wrote Tropic yeah. Thunder, I Man too. He's like... Well, he's always been a well-known writer. He's like... He was, and then The Leftovers, while.
1: which, by the way, Leftovers snubbed. Yeah. But... So, Game of Thrones, which also cleaned up in the supporting actor nomination categories, which, also adding to that, the supporting actor nomination categories were the only ones, except for maybe one of the guest actor categories, not to have at least one actor of color mm-hmm. in them the the Emmys were nominations are so much more diverse than any of the kind of award nominations we've seen in the past and I to me it's really encouraging yeah
0: I think one of the things about the Emmys is I think that viewership factors a great deal into who gets nominated so like a lot of the really good shows get nominated but also a lot of shows that you know are still good. But just have like this overwhelming viewership. Power. Yeah. So I think like a few year like a few years ago, a show like Empire might not have gotten nominated just because like the critics didn't really feel it. But I think just like because of the game's as a cultural force, they couldn't ignore it, so they had to really give it like a proper evaluation and it resulted in nominations.
1: Historically the Emmys were this weird combination of not the things that were just ratings, darlings, but they were definitely not nominating the things that were Huge critics, darlings. For example, Homeland continues to get nominated even though no one watches it anymore yeah. and no critics like it anymore.
0: This Down- season was a bit of a bounce
1: back, but... I, I didn't watch it, you, but you have said that before. all their, their goodwill before that. Though. The comedy category has been even more overwhelming with, in that, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Other, just top of the line, House of Cards, Downton Abbey, Better Call Saul, Mr. Robot, great to see that, and Homeland were the other best drama nominations Mm -hmm. uh best comedy series this is where it was really interesting because modern family did come back but um the big bang theory didn't get a nomination and jim parsons wasn't nominated and that that had been one of those obnoxious things for years where these shows that no critics seem to like they have good ratings though Mm -hmm. just the Emmys just loved them for some inexplicable yeah. reason.
0: I at no point did I ever believe that show was actually good. Yeah. And
1: it, Modern Family or Big Bang Theory? Big Bang
0: Theory. I don't think Modern now I don't think Modern Family is good anymore. But I think they're, you know, they're still cranking episodes because they're gonna make so much money off syndication, it's not even they already are. They're gonna yeah. continue to. Um, but Big Bang Theory is just one of those shows that I could never understand how it lasted more than like three or four seasons. And yeah. how it like basically became like the number one show on television for a good period of time. I don't understand but that at what's all. What's your favorite category? Like, if you look, at, if you look like up and down the nominees, that you think is like either the strongest or the most interesting.
1: Probably any of the miniseries categories. Mm. So, I just want to go through the nominations for best comedy and a couple other things, and then I think very quickly we should just say our picks in each category. Okay. Um, so for best comedy, we've got Veep, which is a Emmy favorite, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, lots of love, Transparent, which I honestly think the first episode of season two of Transparent, which is what's being nominated mm-hmm. here is that season two, was potentially one of the best episode half hour episodes of television I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, Modern Family, Master of None, yay Aziz Ansari, love him, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I think is good, not great, and Blackish, mm-hmm. which I haven't watched, but I really want to.
0: I I like it. I'm i su- I'm not surprised it got nominated for an Emmy because I don't because I think it's undeserving. I'm surprised because like it doesn't strike me as the kind of show that that would be trying to win an Emmy. Interesting. I just it does it's one of those shows that I watch where I'm just like, this is like a good show, but I'm not sure if like this is something that's gonna get recognized by the Emmys or if it even wants to. Yeah. Like other shows sometimes you think like it's a good show and they also love to get that Emmy nomination. I just don't really see that coming from from Blackish, but um, I think yeah. my favorite category so far is probably, I'd say either actor in a drama or actor in a comedy. I think actor in a comedy, like you have Anthony Anderson, Will Forte, and <coughs> William H. Macy, Thomas Middleditch, and Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. And even though I'm not someone who's like, I've never watched an episode of Transparent, although I've heard nothing but great things you about it. You need to. The other five people, their performances and their shows are some of my favorite parts of those shows. Yeah. Um, Like, especially like Thomas Milditch, Aziz Ansari, and Nathan Anderson, I think are the the best part of the shows that they're on. Um, Something that's like a very, very strong category. And it's full of people that like, I I have a great, great deal of respect.
1: I think I'm just happy overall. I was so excited. I I think this is just, I look at this and yes, there are snubs. Yes, there are things in there that I'm like, eh, really? Mm -hmm. But overall, This is the first time potentially in a long time that I've looked at a nominations list in a a field where I feel like I know a decent amount about what's out there in the field. I think in film, it's harder to get a sense of what's out there. In fact, I usually get my cues for what movies to see based on the Oscar nominations. Mm -hmm. Um, Broadway, for as much as I've seen this year, I hadn't seen everything that was nominated or even Mm -hmm. close to it. But television is something that I consume a lot of, and I'm just overall saying I think these are the people that deserve to be nominated as an overwhelming majority. Uh, Constance Zimmer got nominated for Unreal.
0: Unreal is one of the best shows on TV.
1: Um, we were going to do a segment on Unreal. Yeah. Uh, last night's episode requires comment.
0: It, it needs a lot more comment than we can give it, and I actually wasn't able to see it. Yeah. So it's gonna we're gonna be later on that than we'd like to be, but trust us, we're gonna. We're
1: well, gonna we'll to. we will eventually get to that more on the night of, and probably Mr. Robot in like yeah. two weeks. We we're really hoping people. So are you picking winners. Um. Yes, and then the other thing that I would just say is the limited series category is stacked. It's mm-hmm. I remember when the, when Fargo was coming out, people were like it's going to win everything. And then The People vs O.J. Simpson came out and people were like okay, yeah. I don't know what's going to win now. Even the the best TV movie, which when you think TV movie, you used to think Lifetime, mm-hmm. and it's just it's stacked. So let's go through we going
0: the ones we think will win or the ones we want to win?
1: The ones we want to win. Okay. We're, we're not those. We're not critics that like we we, we don't know enough about what we think will win. So mm-hmm. best drama series.
0: Um, My want to win is Mr. Robot.
1: My want to win is the Americans. No questions asked.
0: I, I'd like the Americans to win as like recognition for their for like what for like everything they've done in yeah. their entire existence so far. I think Mr. Robot had the best. It was the best single season of television last year.
1: I loved Mr. Robot. I'm still gonna go with The Americans. Okay. Best comedy series.
0: Okay. Uh, best comedy series. Um, Master of None. It was my favorite of all of them. Um, and seasons already did great stuff.
1: I love Veep, and I think Veep is actually getting even better with age. And I love Transparent as well. But I actually kind of want to go with Master of None. I think did Transparent win the year? before? yeah, no, Veep won the year before. Uh, I'm gonna go with Transparent. At some point, Transparent. Won. Transparent. Golden Globe, not uh, okay. Emmy. I'm gonna go with Golden transparent. Globe, not real. <laughs> uh, the Golden Globes are definitely the most entertaining award show to watch, though.
0: Hollywood and Press is like the weirdest organization ever. I know.
1: Um, Best actor in a drama series. Uh, Rami Malik.
0: Have to stay consistent.
1: Matthew Reese, stay consistent.
0: <laughs> Listen, if Ma- if if Mr. Robot wasn't in the running, like I'd be with you yeah. for like Americans on Everything. Totally. Like are the Americans nominated?
1: I do love Rami Malek, though. I think my one issue with Rami Malek is that I've never seen him in anything else, and so I mm. think he's just kind of being himself. He was in
0: Band of Brothers, which was like really good. My brother's obsessed character. with it. Um, what else was he in? I, I know I've seen him in a couple other things, but he's been—he he was like—he's been a character actor kind of for yeah. a while, and now he's starting to kind of bubble up to the top.
1: I think that performance, as good as it is, is kind of one note.
0: I agree. But in the same sense that Monk was a one-note performance, and like he was cashing enemies off that.
1: Yeah, that doesn't mean he should have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, love no no bad blood to Tony Shalhoub. Love Tony Shalhoub. Okay. Best. Ghosts,
0: still one of my favorite movies.
1: Best actress in a drama series.
0: Um, it's like a battle royale between Viola uh, Davis and Carrie Russell. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Carrie because I'm gonna go Carrie.
1: I love Viola Davis. I just don't think. That that is a good role for her, mm-hmm. but we can agree to disagree. So, I have not full disclosure. I've not watched *Orphan Black*, so I, I'm sure Tatiana Manslani is great, and I loved her on *Parks*. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna go with Carrie Russell here. Okay. Best actor in a comedy series. Uh, Thomas Milditch.
0: Really? I, just, I love his performance in *Silicon Valley*. So like his Richard Hendricks is one of it's one. I think he's one of the best characters on TV right now.
1: I'm gonna go with Jeffrey Tambor, um, I love Aziz Ansari, but that is one of those Jerry Seinfeld almost performances where he's not that great of an actor, although mm-hmm. he he is Tom in Parks is just amazing, but it's his comedy and that's what's great about it, but he's playing himself, so I don't necessarily know that he deserves an acting mm-hmm. award for that. That's fair. Right. Uh, best actress in a comedy series. Tracy Ellis Ross, no question. As I said, I don't watch Blackish. I'm fine if you hand every Emmy <laughs> ever to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so it doesn't really bother me. So retroactive Julia. Retroactive awarding to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. No, not, not retroactive. Just like she's always nominated. That's fair. Um. Although, Alice and Jenny had won this category a bunch for, or maybe it was supporting for Mom, but I've never seen Mom, but I love Alice and Jenny too. Okay, best supporting actor in a drama. You cannot go with anyone other than Ben Mendelsohn peter dinklage it's the one i'll give game of thrones this year
0: you saw bloodline right no oh it was it was one of the it was an incredible performance um it's something it's something that made me it, his performance season one was so good that season two was bad for me not because i thought it was objectively bad but because he's not as involved and like it, he's
1: it gonna was, be in rogue one right
0: yes he he's the main villain
1: in Rogue one nice that's exciting Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series? Um, Constance Zimmer. We are completely in agreement <laughs> on that one. Constance Zimmer for life. Uh, best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series?
0: Um... I'm gonna, I'm going I'm gonna give the Lifetime Achievement Award to, to Key.
1: Is it interesting to you that Keegan-Michael Key is nominated and Jordan Peele is not?
0: It's it, it's it is in that like it's but it's, it's no more true to me than like when one member of Modern Family's cast isn't nominated. But I this, know this it's is
1: like, like a partnership. It'd be like Abby and Alana being nominated. It's one hard, of it's, in-
0: it is hard to parse them out like that, but I'm um, if if Peel was if sorry, yeah, Peel was nominated, I would have instead of Key, I'd say Peel, I try and keep
1: So I think for me it's a split between Titus Burgess in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Matt Walsh in VEEP. Okay. Matt Walsh is really good in Veep. He
0: is. He's really- he, he plays his character very well. Like, the deadpan is perfect.
1: They're literally, like, you could not get more opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> <Yeah>. between Titus <laughs> Burgess and Unbreakable Schmidt <laughs> and Matt Walsh and Veep, and that's why I can't choose between them. But luckily I don't have to, because I'm not a member yeah, of exactly. Television Academy. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series?
0: Um, Kate McKinnon. She's been- she's been the best part of Saturday Night Live for at least the last two seasons. Um, whenever she's on screen... I can't help but laugh. The the character she I'm not sure if she created this season or last season, but the woman that got that gets like abducted by aliens with like two other people and always has like the most weird oh, yeah. experience. Which <laughs> just every time I even think about it, it just they're
1: nice to the other ones. They yeah. do <laughs> weird stuff to her. Yeah, I seen that. Like, was, it was
0: a little different for me. It was a little different. Just like the cigarette. She's like sm- I don't know. She's just great.
1: I'm actually gonna go with Judith Light in Transparent. I actually don't like Gabby Hoffman's performance in Transparent.
0: Is Judith Light, the woman that plays. Um, his ex-wife. Adam's brother... Adam's sister and Girls?
1: No, that's Gabby Hoffman. Oh, okay. That's she's Gabby also Hoffman. in Transparent, right? Yes, and okay. she's she's also nominated, and I don't like her performance, actually, almost at all. Okay. But I Judith Light plays his ex-wife, and she's done... I, I don't really want to spoil it for you, even though it's been long enough that normally we would <laughs> spoil stuff, but her performance as sort of a woman questioning what her life with this man was like and what... Her role in this family is is just it's some of the same stuff that's happening on Grace and Frankie with mm-hmm. sort of you know going back and questioning your life and it's a mature actress giving this beautiful comedic but also meaningful performance. I'm gonna say Judith Light. Okay. Best limited series.
0: Um, best limited series
1: Is this a contest?
0: I'm actually gonna go with American Crime which is a close second
1: Okay, but but who is going to win is also my pick, which the is People The People versus R.J. That, Simpson. Yeah.
0: Have you seen the 30 for 30 for ESPN?
1: Um, I've started watching it. I've seen it's, two it's episodes. Incredible. It is really good, but I, I need to be able to focus, and it all came yeah. out during bar prep. <laughs> Best TV movie?
0: Um, Luther.
1: I don't watch Luther. My brother will kill me for this because he is completely obsessed with Idris Elba, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go... Because I haven't seen it, I can't vote for it, yeah. so I'm going to go with All The Way.
0: I was going to say, like, my second place would have been Sherlock. So I just want to mention Sherlock. Sherlock know, was that, really good.
1: Yeah. Got, got nominated. Yeah. yeah. But I'm still going to go with All The Way. <laughs> um, best actor in a limited series or television movie?
0: Idris Elba. Luther.
1: Courtney B. B. Vance, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, he was so good.
0: No, he was. He was... He was. Incredible. Um, I think so. Can, Cuba I think,
1: Gooding Jr. was nominated. That still confuses me. I think we can agree on the next category, though. The next category: Best Actress in a Limited Series or a Television Movie. I think the entire world can agree on this one. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Of yeah. Course. I mean, this is I actually think the most stacked category I've ever seen. Kristen Dunst in Fargo, who gave the best performance of her career. Mm-hmm. Felicity Huffman and Lily Taylor for American Crime, which, as I've said, I haven't watched, but is Incredible I'm surprised ever. that,
0: um, what's her name? Regina King wasn't nominated. She crushed, she crushed she it, She
1: won too. two years ago. That might have been a supporting role and not a leading role.
0: Well, American Crime's first season was last year. So yeah. if she won, she would have won it last year. I think supporting. she did
1: won, win last year for support. Yeah, okay. We'll have to confirm that. She crushed it this year, too. Carrie uh, Washington in confirmation, who was great and definitely, I think, the best part of that uh movie audra mcdonald in lady day at emerson's bar and grill who just deserves a lifetime achievement award for being audra mcdonald Mm. um and then sarah paulson who just gave uh, a heartbreaking performance as marcia clark um best supporting actor in a limited series or television movie
0: um my heart says hugh Laurie, but my heart also says jesse clemens
1: Interesting. So I am I. I would love to see David Schwimmer win this because he gave one of the most surprising performances. Mm-hmm. But I'm torn between Bokeem Woodbine in Fargo and Sterling K. Brown in The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh, you know what?
0: Here we go. I just see it. Virginia King's nominated for Best Supporting we do the yeah. series. So. so she was nominated. Virginia okay.
1: King. Uh, but we're not there yet. So. Oh, okay. So I'm going So I'm split between Sterling K. Brown and The People vs. O.J. Simpson and Bokeem Woodbine in Fargo. Okay, Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Television Movie, and you said Regina King for American Crime. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Olivia Colman in The Night Manager. Alright. Best Guest Actor in a Drama Series, and then we're almost out of this.
0: Um, best uh, guest in a
1: drama? Uh, uh Ali. Um, who did Marshal Ali play?
0: Um, he's, uh, I'm forgetting his name. He's, um, Frank's former chief of staff, who then started working for- Yes,
1: us. I'm with you, I'm with yeah. you on- Okay, great, we're in agreement. And best guest actress in a drama series?
0: Remy, Remy, Remy's-
1: Oh, yeah, he's a amazing. Okay, yeah. definitely.
0: Um, guest actress in a drama series?
1: Margaret Martindale, The Americans.
0: Her or Lori Metcalf, I'd be happy with either.
1: Okay. Best guest actor in a comedy series?
0: Uh, Larry David.
1: Yeah, Larry, uh, Martin Mull. Um, best guest actress in a comedy series.
0: Uh, I like seeing Laurie Metcalf's name here, but it's next to the Big Bang Theory, yeah. so I'm going to go with Amy Schumer.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler because they're nominated together and I just like seeing them together.
0: Oh, they're nominated too. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Why did they nominate, in that case, why did they nominate King together?
1: I don't know. That's so silly.
0: Because if I, I were Peel, I'd be so offended. When I, I'd be like fine with it, like as I scroll yeah. down and I saw Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I'd be pissed.
1: Um, okay. So now a really interesting one that I want to talk about for three seconds: best variety talk series. I mean, there is a clear winner in this category for me. That like it's, I know.
0: I, I can see it from a mile away.
1: It look like what John Oliver is doing in this field is just. On a level above whatever. Oh, that's where you were going. Oh yeah. I thought you we were going
0: Corden. Oh, all I
1: way. love Corden. Okay, so so the interesting thing about this category was that Corden was nominated, as was Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Jerry Seinfeld's show on Crackle, mm-hmm. but no Daily Show nod, no Nightly Show nod, no Samantha Bee nod, and no Stephen Colbert nod. So mm-hmm. CBS is asking questions. You know, lots of things going on here, but mostly, I. Look, John Oliver is the yeah. king John of the John Oliver this. basically
0: cleared the field once he started oh, yeah. doing his week. Like, every, like, he cleared the field.
1: Yeah. So I'm all about John Oliver. You agree? Yes. Okay. And then variety sketch theories?
0: If you caught me any other year, I might go um, Schumer or Portlandia. But I think this past season of SNL was so strong. Maybe I'm just saying that because it's being compared, I'm comparing it to the other the prior seasons. Like, since I've been alive which not been yeah. strong but I thought it was very strong this
1: last season Documentary Now that's what I'm going with okay and then there are two more categories we're going to discuss and then because I'm not going to do reality stuff we can do that on another time mm-hmm. very quickly Best Special Class Program
0: um, to be totally honest with you I didn't watch Grease Live um, so I, that maybe that was good but I don't know um, The Golden Globes other Golden Globes they are crossed off so like, <laughs> I'd probably go The Halftime Show it combined it was like Coldplay is my favorite musical act. So, like, they're my favorite. I know, I know. <laughs> the, <laughs> face, the face. making. Oh my maker, god!
1: We need to, like, stop this right now and do a whole episode on how Alan likes Coldplay.
0: The facial <laughs> sure making is justified. But then, like.
1: No one's gonna listen to us anymore. Coldplay they're not gonna think we have Nancy any credit.
0: Bruno Mars, like, I know. We just it's lost not, all credibility. I know that it's not defensible, but it's just where I am. Um, so, I'm gonna go with the Simple 50 halftime show
1: Grease Live. Okay. And best variety special.
0: Um well
1: know. Uh, uh, we gotta help Beyonce e got.
0: Oh, we do need her to
1: For if only for that, lemonade on HBO because yeah. I want Beyonce to
0: But lemonade is I but I think Amy Schumer would be my preference, but yeah. lemonade is good.
1: Okay, so there's more well reality stuff. I maybe Alan will do a bit when I can't record on all of the reality stuff and the documentaries and things like that. There's, you know, Making Murder, Chef's Table were all nominated, um, as was the Everything Is Copy, Nora Ephron uh, documentary and What Happened Miss Simone that we've talked about. So there's a lot else on here that I think deserve and the writing categories, but we're not gonna get to all of that right now. So what I do wanna get to is our final verdicts, but basically we want to say kudos to you Emmys for really recognizing a lot of great television. And that's kind of what this podcast is most about is recognizing great television. So Alan, what is your final verdict this week?
0: Uh, this week, my final verdict is actually another podcast. Um, it is two dope Queens, um, which is one of my favorite new podcasts. I only discovered it, um, a little while ago. Uh, By a little while ago, I mean like less than a month ago, but it's by Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams. Jessica Williams, who who was my favorite part of The Daily Show while I was still
1: watching. She should have taken over. I'm pretty pretty sure she was asked and said no, someone Mm -hmm. said, which was just idiotic to me.
0: Um, I don't know. I'd I, I like to see her in, like, movies and, like, actually, like, scripted television. But Two Dope Queens is a great podcast. It's, like, them talking about some subject for a while, then they'll, like, throw to some, like, a performance recording of, like, one of their friends, they'll, like, put on shows, their friends perform, they'll throw up yeah. a recording. It's just really, really, really good. Motion granted on Two Dope Queens.
1: So, I want to give a quick, just happy verdict to the fact that Rachel Bloom, the creator of... Crazy Ex-Girlfriend responded to a tweet of mine, Mm -hmm. which made me really happy, but more importantly, she did so to say that she wants to do a live show in New York, which would make me incredibly, incredibly happy. But my final verdict, I actually kind of want to end the episode on on a bit of a more somber note. Saturday night, I went to my kind of last hurrah um, before this, like, bar exam insanity takes the last week towards the finish line. Mm -hmm. And... I went to the New York City City Center off-center jamboree uh, to see Sutton Foster and Jonathan Groff perform. I'd never seen Sutton Foster perform, and she's on the list of performers that I wanted to see live. It was great, but they also showcased pieces by new composers, and one of the ones they did was this composer, Shayna Taub, um, who did a song called When. Uh, that she wrote a couple of years ago, and it was a motion completely granted. I She started, and I was a little bit cynical um, because it's a song about gun violence, and I often find that political message songs can be saccharine, and I don't enjoy them. But by the end of it, I was tearing up. It was so powerful and so moving, and so I think we're going to um, kind of play you out on this song uh, on a clip of this song so you can hear it and hear just how powerful it was and what's really sad was how it's still so important she wrote this you know at least a year ago I think two years ago and the fact that it's still just as relevant and you know will continue to be so is hugely depressing but I think it's worth um, listening to so we are so excited to have all of your support as listeners um you can all of our
0: listeners support melanie as she heads out on this endeavor to own the bar yeah Um, the bar should fear her mighty power
1: yeah totally Um, once again though we are not announcing whether or not i pass that like i'm saying that right now yes okay yes um but
0: she's in the score a perfect score
1: totally (laughs) um but we love all of your support, and to all of our other listeners who are studying, so we 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 have faith in you. Um, and but you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher under Pop Culture Verdict, and on Twitter at Culture Verdict. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. And until next time,
0: we're adjourned.